Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. And I'm so blessed today to have a new friend with me, Alex. Thanks for joining me. Okay, Emily, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so, so, so pumped about this conversation. It's going to be a fun one. And I've got to know you through LinkedIn world and just to get to see the little bit about your heart and just how you care for people. So I'm I'm blessed. And I think this is a conversation for my listeners that it's going to I have a feeling I'm making an assumption that this is going to have a lot of twists and turns, but it's going to be such a fun and dynamic conversation. So I'm ready for it. So, Alex, people that don't know who you are, can you just give a little background? Who are you and what you do? Yeah, well, like you said, my name's Alex. I grew up in the great nation of Texas. Uh, I grew up in Houston, went to school in Austin. And growing up, I was kind of always that achievement-oriented individual. Literally, when I was in second grade, my mom was folding laundry. She remembers this too. And I looked at her in second grade and said, Mom, when I grow up, I don't think I want to be a motivational speaker, but I'd love to be a motivational teacher one day. And she was like, she was like, who the heck are you? Like, what are you talking? Go outside. Go do something. Right. Uh, but it, it's one of those things like that passion for communicating in such a way that it advocates action and decision and forward motion and others. That's always been inside of me. And so um, kind of winding through college, I went to the University of Texas, hook of horns, trademark, right? And then from there, I moved to Tennessee and became the host of the Entree Leadership Podcast at Dave Ramsey's company. Dave is still one of the most remarkable leaders, probably the most remarkable leader I've ever worked with. The guy is just a powerhouse. And, and the evidence of that is the people that he surrounded himself with. It was just amazing. But it was four and a half years into working there that I kind of started to feel this calling to not just study, work with, and spend time with entrepreneurs, but to become one. And so it was out of that recognition and really what I consider a calling that we founded Path for Growth. And we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And we're just having a blast. Oh, that is so awesome. And I think it's so impactful that even at a young age, because this is a question that I ask a lot of people is like whenever you were young, <laughs> you know, what were the things that you knew that you were gifted at or what did people come to you for? And it's so amazing that you have that story of that and your mom can even remember it today. So uh, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, it's one of those things, like I said it in second grade and probably didn't say it again 
for years and years and years and years. So like, I don't resonate with that person that says like, oh, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. And I said that for all of my life, right? It like went hidden. It was there, but it went hidden. And probably because honestly, I like there was fear surrounding it because I didn't know if it was okay to say that. And so one of the things that I, I often encourage people with whenever I tell them that story is that um, when you start to vocalize the vision that's been given to you, that's when things start to happen. Right. God can't bless and won't bless the thing that you keep hidden away because you're not courageous enough to be the, on the hook for it. And so I would say, I mean, literally in line with your podcast title, be unapologetically bold. It doesn't mean it's going to happen because you said it. I don't believe in positive psychology, but it is a great place to start. I love it. And that's one of uh, somebody that has came on past guest. He said, don't block your blessings and like, don't block it or belittle it. And I'm like, oh. That stuck. That went home. But so the show is called Unapologetically Bold. What are you no longer apologizing for? Oh, gosh. Well, I love that this is the way you organize this show. I am not apologizing for wearing a T-shirt. That's what I say. That's what I'm calling it. So there's obviously a little bit of a story behind that, although I'm not going to apologize ever again for wearing a T-shirt. And I love it. Um, oh, I so want to dive it. Let's just go ahead. Let's tell <laughs> Tell me more on why okay. you're not apologizing. Yeah. That. So, I mean, I kind of already alluded to this a little bit. Like, I think in many ways, if you were to look at my past and look at my background, I grew up grew up just as a little bit of a golden child, right? And there's blessings and burdens associated with that. I just w- was achievement obsessed. I loved pleasing people. I loved checking the boxes, right? Was a solid athlete, was a killer student, and just took a great deal of pride in that for myself. And so a lot of times that can be an incredible thing, but it can also be really dangerous because you be become someone that is conditioned to be more focused on your external appearance than your internal character. And and I was more focused on how am I appearing than who am the person that than rather who is the person that I am becoming. And I, I had someone tell me once like God doesn't care as much about what you're doing. He cares more about the person, the man, the leader that you're becoming. And that was such powerful advice. But This is what I was rooted in for so long, literally probably the past 27, 28 years of my life. And there was this incredible juncture where my trajectory at Ramsey Solutions and my trajectory at Entree Leadership, the podcast that I was hosting, was just really solid. And from the outside, it looked like a really, really incredible opportunity with possibility for incredible stages to speak on, one of the top 10 podcasts in the nation, the opportunity to potentially write books, and the company is on its way to being a billion-dollar company. And so on the outside, that looks absolutely awesome. And the company is absolutely awesome. But I started to have this inkling and this recognition that this isn't where I'm called to be. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually not called just to run away from this place, but I'm called to run towards something that really matters to me that at that time, I didn't have a name for it, but it's now called Path for Growth. And it was in the process of making that decision and making that leap and everything associated with the courage and the financial question marks associated with that and the saying, like, I'm leaving a $70 million building to now do this out of my studio apartment, like all this crazy stuff, relying on God's provision that it's literally like some people say, like, what an incredible act of faith. And I would say, yes, I also kind of call it my hold my beer moment, right? Like, it's like, hold my beer, we're going to go for this. Hopefully this works out. 
thankfully he blessed it in so many ways and customers started coming through the door. And one of the first things we started offering was one-on-one business and leadership coaching through the, the frameworks that we use. And I'll never forget, I was in Texas whenever my first call was supposed to happen. And I was still like, it came up on my calendar and I was still shocked, Emily, at the fact that people were willing to pay me that much money to spend time in our program, right? Which I think most entrepreneurs would identify with that. Like you have this little bit of imposter syndrome where you start to say, am I really worth that? And then people keep showing up and you kind of have to start to say, yes, you are. And you better start acting like it, right? Mm -hmm. But I was still a little bit shocked and still a little bit in this place. And I'll never forget, it was about 10 minutes before the call. It was like probably like 10, 30, 11 a.m., and I'll never forget, I had Zoom set up and everything. I had my notebook ready and I stood up and literally paused for just a second because what I was standing up to do was I said, I need to run into the other room and change into a button down shirt because I'm about to get on this call with the CEO of a multi-million dollar company who has hired my business to, to, to be on this call and I need to go put on a button down shirt. And I paused and it was like this critical juncture moment where everything went black, right? This is a little dramatic, but it felt like this, right? And it was like, I paused for a second. It was like, wait a second. You just left a killer job, a killer trajectory, the opportunity for financial provision and like all of these career opportunities Literally, one of the reasons why you left is because you wanted the freedom to be able to do what you are called to do the way you are called to do it. You literally left so that you never have to wear a freaking button down shirt ever, ever, ever again. And I paused and I made a decision in that moment that was way, way, way bigger than the shirt that I wear. I said, I'm going to wear a V-neck t-shirt and I'm going to be so freaking good at what I do that he could care less at what I'm wearing because I'm serving him so well. And I look back at that and and then I thought, well, and if I'm not good enough, then I'll go change. Right. But, but thankfully it's like, it's exactly what happened. We were able to serve him and add value. And it's crazy. Emily. now we have people that literally come to us and they tell us like, I just love that when I get on the call with you, it looks like you just got done with a run. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this whole thing that I was trying to hide is actually the thing that people really, really value because it aligns with everything you're all about, which is sincerity, realness, genuineness, and authenticity. Uh, Amen to all of that. And I just want to pause and, and actually do a correlation from what you said earlier about even as a child what you hide like it will you get the choice to be able to hide it but if you want to walk out in your growth and and that's what i love too that your company's name is path for growth is because to walk out in that destiny and walk out in your purpose it is powerful that you have to understand who you are and be okay with it but that takes a lot especially If you're a people pleaser, especially if we have your A oriented. And that's the one thing that I talk a lot of people about is like, these are behaviors that have happened for life. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like it's an easy thing to change. So it does take faith or it does take for me. It was me having a God given me a a child out of wedlock. And it's like, here you go. Like, you're going to have to learn that you can't 
you can't hide your sin, one, two, because I was trying to act like something I, I wasn't. And two, you got to learn how to love yourself and how much that impacted me because I was eating right. I was exercising. I was doing all the good girl right things. I was even teaching Bible study. Um, and then here's like, da-da, you know, but that's what I hear in this is that whenever you get the choice to hide it, it's going to come out either way, good or bad. So I'd yeah. love for you to talk about more about the power of just understanding you walking out in you. And if you don't do that, what are you blocking or what are the potential losses that people don't see? Yeah, I love I love that line of thinking and I love that question. I think I actually first acknowledge this is a reality that I was going to have to deal with and wrestle with. And believe me, it, it's, it's a, something that I still wrestle with today is like, I, my expectations alone are a burden. Why on earth would I carry the other the weight of other people's expectations along with them? Right. And, and that's what I would tell all of you, like your expectations alone are a burden. Why on earth would you start grabbing other people's baggage for your life? And, and so that's something that I'm still working through. But I think where I, where I first came face to face with this, I was in a counselor session and uh, I'm just a big believer, especially for business owners. The number of times I tell a business owner, you need to get a counselor. It's, it seems like every week I'm saying that just because I believe it's a matter of responsibility, right? I, I go to counseling once, once a week, sometimes once every two weeks as a business expense, because we believe at Path for Growth that if someone depends on you, you are a leader. That means if you are a leader, people are depending on you. And why would I not be vulnerable enough to work on my internal health and well-being, even if it's just as an oil check? Why would I not do that as a business expense? Because other people's livelihoods are on the line. So that's just a little plug for counseling. I promise I'm not getting paid royalties by any counselors. Mm -hmm. But but it was one of those sessions that I came face to face with this realization that I have a propensity and my personality type has this propensity to put on a mask and, and essentially be a chameleon for what people need, right? And so I have this scary ability, right? And I wouldn't call it a strength to become what people want or desire me to be in that moment. Now, there's times where that can actually be used to serve someone if it's coming from a healthy heart, but there's also times where it's like, man, you are literally putting on a mask and not only does no one else know who you are, it's starting to get so confusing that you don't know who you are. And it was in that moment that the counselor really started articulating some of this to me. And it was just like this bucket of ice water that was getting dunked on me. And he said, Alex, you have a billion good friends, but maybe very few great ones. And the reason why is because the people that you spend time with, they think they're connecting with you, but they're actually connecting with the mask that you're wearing. And so while your mask may be outrageously connected, Alex isn't really connected at all. And it was such a powerful moment for me to recognize that presence and vulnerability and realness are created whenever we make an intentional decision with the right people. And there's emphasis on that phrase, the right people to take off the mask. 
Oh, I love this. So my listeners know I talk about this a good bit. And <laughs> we, like, so we talk about how cortisol is usually referred to as fight, flight or freeze, but it actually has three other responses people don't talk about. One is masking. And and so naturally people will mask um, whenever new situations. So it's a it's a protective mechanism that we create so that we like you said, your identity doesn't have to be exposed. You don't have to feel so vulnerable in it, but how powerful it is. And then also I'm so grateful that you talked about we call it priority people like there's petty people and the priority people and. I think especially if listeners, if y'all are people pleasers, you've got to understand this. Like your sphere of influence is so powerful mm. beyond measure that. Uh, it, well, I know this isn't a religious one, but I'm going to bring in Jesus here. Um, we can even think Jesus. He he had his 12, but he had his three, like mm. his three close ones, you know, and that is one thing that's very big for me is having those priority people, having those people that you can be open and vulnerable and talk about how life sucks. And my favorite thing is that the people I work with are psychotherapists and counselors and I can never hide anything from them. So talk about this a little bit more about being walking out who you are and the power of understanding that if you do this, it's it's a risk, but the reward is tenfold. Or is that a true statement? Would you say that's a true statement? Mm. Well, what I would say, first of all, I used to have a pastor that would tell me, Alex, be authentic with everyone and transparent with a precious view. I, I think that is important to remember. Like you as a leader, you as a person, you are called and it is healthy to be authentic with everyone. You're never going to be someone you're not. So stop trying. Mm -hmm. But but be transparent with a precious few and what transparent looks like is incredibly risky because the people you're transparent with, you also have to be something else. You have to be committed to them. Mm. And, and commitment, we love as a theory, but if you're like me, you hate it as a practice, right? Because I, I once read David Brooks. He's a brilliant author. He wrote a book called The Second Mountain, also The Road to Character. But this quote is in The Second Mountain, both two of my favorite books. Um, and he defines commitment as when you fall in love with something so much that you put structure around it for the times that you no longer feel in love with it. Isn't that so powerful? And, and I'm not married, but some, my married friends have told me, yeah, that's a pretty good description of what makes marriage work. Because I've heard that you don't always feel in love with it, right? But this is true for business leaders. This is true with the people that you work with. This is true for the people you're transparent with. Is we fall in love with transparency when we get this moment, an initial relief of grace and just, uh, just oh my gosh, I feel so accepted. I feel so loved and I enjoy hanging out with these people. But then we always have what Brene Brown calls the vulnerability hangover, Right. The question is, what are you going to do after the vulnerability hangover? Whenever it's no longer convenient, easy, or fun to be in transparent relationship with people, whenever you've actually screwed up again, whenever you actually have to show up the second time without your mask on, are you going to cower away or are you going to aggressively and boldly engage, right? <laughs> and so when we talk about the risk, the risk is commitment. 
Transparency, mm -hmm. yes, it's a risk, but the real payoff comes from the commitment associated with transparency. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of the acceptance commitment theory. Um, and what a lot of that is around is that you accept that there's risk or you accept it's usually with cognitive thoughts and whatnot, mm -hmm. that you accept thoughts as they are, like, as they are, well, they're not neutral or, or I'm sorry, they are neutral. They're not positive or negative. They're just thoughts. Mm -hmm. But you're, you stay committed to the path that you're on. It's, it's almost like this thing, like the path of growth. It's, I don't think you ever get there. Yeah. Well, like, I love the fact that you just use path and growth in the same <laughs> sentence because that's literally two of the three words of the company. So, but yeah. Oh gosh. I just love this topic. We say we exist to help impact driven leaders practice healthy growth. The, the practice is the destination. Like I uh, do 14 ers which is mountains above 14,000 feet in Colorado. And it's just one of my favorite things to do in the summer. And, and it, it's kind of a little bit of a challenge to get up there. It takes sometimes upwards six to 10 hours. It's a hustle. It's a grind. Like your thighs are screaming at you by the time you get to the top of this thing. A whole thing is inclined the whole way. You get to the top. The top is actually pretty miserable sometimes, right? It'll hail. It'll be windy. It'll be cold. Even in July, I've had hail falling on me. And it's like you, the view is incredible. Don't get me wrong you probably don't want to stay up there for more than 10 to 15 minutes, right? And so here's what I learned in doing 14ers. If you have an inability to enjoy the six to 10 hours getting up there, you have no business doing 14ers because the 10 to 15 minutes called the destination, it's not worth it. And so what I would tell everyone that's listening to this right now, the practice is today. Find a way to love today. Don't fall for the myth, the lie, the deception that, oh, one day in the future, when I get those things, that will be contentment. No, contentment is an inside job and it happens now. I, I'm just a little bit passionate about this, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> no, I love it because my listeners know my passion for it, too. And I think it's so important, too. There's two things that I really want to hit on is I guess the first one is that one thing that frustrates me my father was a successful business owner and people just see him now in his success mm. they do not they see him at the top of the mountain and they still don't see whenever he goes from one mountaintop to another they just see that he he's climbing a mountain and it's looking beautiful the journey the process is like you do you have to fall in love with that um and the one thing that i talk about is that people think that growth learning all this stuff is like this linear process <laughs> but you know you fall you you go backwards you take the wrong trail you have to go all these different ways but people don't see that they don't see that until you until you're at the top so talk about that for a minute like one the importance of understanding that we don't get where we are in a day like even health journeys i always tell this to people like you didn't get to where you are in a day and you're not going to get back to where you want to be in a day. It takes time. If it, shoot, it, it takes 10 months in a womb and like with the strike of New Year's, like we want to be this whole new person. So talk about that for a minute, the process. What have you found and learned? Yeah, well, one of the things that has been so valuable for me years and years ago, I established a personal mission statement. And then also we have a mission statement for our business and your mission statement answers the question, why do I, or as a business, why do we exist? 
And I'm sure you've heard of Simon Sinek start with why, right? It's, it's all rooted in this, but I think before Simon Sinek did it, it was also written in the Bible, right? That we need to have a strong purpose, a strong sense of idea, seek first the kingdom of God, the highest possible ideal, the thing that God is calling you to, and all these things will be added to you. And then Simon Sinek just happened to put it in a TED talk, right? <laughs> but uh, so my mission statement that I say to myself every single morning is I said, today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today I am on a mission, a mission to glorify the God of the universe by using the gifts he's given me, which are effective communication and leadership to inspire understanding, action, purpose, and faith in others. And I say that every single morning. And here's the beautiful thing about that statement that has been such a blessing to me is I can do that today. I could do that in my previous job. I could do that in the job before that. I could also do it as a college student. And so for me, as the CEO and founder of Path for Growth now, if Path for Growth has one customer, I can fulfill my mission. Even if we don't have a customer and all I have is a sales call that's scheduled, I can fulfill my mission. If we look ahead five years from now and we're speaking at conferences with 10,000 people, I can still fulfill my mission. It is now just a question of scale. It's not a question of soul. My soul is here today. And, and you need to have a reason why that is not rooted in a destination that is in the future. Your reason why you're doing it has to be possible now. It has to be possible today because today is what you've got. Mm -hmm. Today is what we've got. It's what God gave us. And so why wouldn't we not embrace and steward and own that blessing? Hmm. That is so beautiful. And I think the one thing that I am finding is some people I've found think that mission statements are hogwash. I understand from like Simon Sinek even talks about is the why you got to have the motivation. You got to have that. But also, even if you don't have that motivation today, I am going to say and my listeners know I have a mission statement. My family has a mission statement. My, my kids they're, they created the every year we create a new mission statement. It is all over our house. Um, like I'm very oriented. The Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid has been drank by Emily and family. <laughs> it is. It's there. But I think some people don't even start to act because that first step looks so big. And what we talked about with people, if the first step's too big, it's too big. You need to, it needs to, you need to break it down. You need to break those steps down into smaller pieces because momentum. That's what I want to talk to you about now is, is the power of momentum and momentum comes with action. So talk about the importance of even if you don't feel it. Acting. If you know it, act it. Talk about that for a minute. One of my favorite core values at Ramsey Solutions is something they came up with years and years and years ago called the Momentum Theorem. And what it states is, and this is in the book Entree Leadership uh, that Dave wrote, but it says that focused intensity over time multiplied by God equals unstoppable momentum, right? So focused intensity over time multiplied by the infinite power of God, that's what equals unstoppable momentum. And so if people are listening to this right now, like this is a conversation about being bold. It's a conversation about growth. Maybe for some people, it's a conversation about leadership. I don't doubt your intensity. Here's the deal. You could be watching Netflix right now and you're not. You're listening to this. So I don't doubt your intensity. I don't doubt your passion. That's not our issue. What I see often people in our day and age struggle with 
is a sense of focus over an extended period of time. And so it's exactly what you said, Emily. We've got to take action today, but immediate action requires willpower. And here's what I want y'all to know is that willpower gets you started. Habits keep you going. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, exert outrageous willpower in the beginning. Outrageous self-discipline in the beginning. Make the thing happen, right? Like literally do something today that you've never done before that you will, you will create a person that you are not today tomorrow. What an insane, uniquely human activity that we can create someone a year that does not exist today. To my knowledge, like dogs and dolphins and cats can't do that, right? So celebrate the gift that you are a human being. But then establish momentum or establish willpower for a season, but don't rely on willpower for your life because willpower is finite, it's limited, and it's inconsistent. Why on earth would I base my life strategy on something that is finite, limited, and inconsistent? So start with willpower and leverage that willpower to establish daily habits. And we can talk more about that, but it's the compounding value of small, daily, minuscule habits that creates what you're talking about, which is momentum. Amen to that one. And uh, my listeners, y'all know how I am on habits. That is what your thoughts lead to your feelings, which over time, your actions, that makes your habits. And the big thing that we talk about, too, is there's this myth that it takes 21 days to make a habit. It's actually 108 days if you like what you're doing. And if it's in the morning, um, it actually can be laid more on other things. And it takes 66 days to break an old one. So yeah. it's not like these habits, especially if you've been doing them or you may not even be aware of them, like yeah. they have massive impact. OK, so, Alex, we totally got to do a part two sometime later on. Um, but because I know we're right at the end of our time. But this has been an amazing conversation and I am so blessed to have you on. So a two part final question. People are apologizing for wearing a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> During times whenever they feel like it's not the proper or they they may feel like it doesn't meet what society says they need to do at that time. What advice or what would you invite to tell them? Hmm. I love that question. I would say, first of all, discern between what is calling and what is convenience. Right. And, and that I think is really, really important. Right. Um, it, it's, it's not, or calling versus comfort is maybe the right way to say it. Right. Like, yes, wearing a t-shirt is comfortable, but what I've found is it also makes me way more approachable to the leaders that often feel uptight, stressed out and burnt out. And what they need is not a boss. What they need is a friend. And so they delight in the fact that we're, that I wear a baseball cap, that I just came from a run and that I'm wearing a t-shirt, but comfort is just an added benefit. It's not the calling, right? The reason why I'm called to wear a t-shirt is because I'm called to be someone that's authentic, genuine, sincere, and relatable for the people that God has put in my sphere to serve. Now, there are some of you that are called to serve people on Wall Street or that are called to serve people in the boardroom or that are called to serve maybe someone in politics. And you know that the worst thing you could do is wear a freaking T-shirt because that would diminish all your credibility because they would say this guy is just trying to be comfortable 
or this gal is just trying to be comfortable. So make sure that your comfort doesn't get in the way of your calling. We find incredible contentment whenever comfort and calling find alignment. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Love every bit of that. Alex, a second part of that question is people love what you're saying. How can they find you? How can they learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. Uh, pathforgrowth.com is where you can find out about everything with our business. We also have a podcast as well called the Path for Growth Podcast. And then every Wednesday, I send out an email called Worth It Wednesday because I just believe I hate email, Emily. So most email isn't worth it, but but uh, it's not worth the time, not worth the energy. So we wanted to create one that was. And so the team said, well, what if every Wednesday we sent out a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, and a recommendation worth taking? And so we just have a blast writing those. You can get on that list on the website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your heart and sharing who you are. It has been such a blessing to have this conversation. And for all that have listened in and will listen later, y'all have an amazing and blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.